you know, and then we'll get back to the scenes together because you and I just had one where you ran over my motorcycle. I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Don't you know that the music should be solemn? This is Theo Rossi. This is Kim Coates. And this is Theory. Kim, what do you want to say? Kim Coates. Just get it off my face and let's go to someone else. I, I don't know what to say. Please. Say hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Maggie, say hello. Hello. <laughs> Who am I saying hello to? Uh, a, a very, very passionate, incredible, amazing group of people that has come on this wild, weird journey that Kim and I started during the pandemic. And when the pandemic first started, and for some reason has taken on a life of its own. Wow. And amazing. we've been doing this, it feels like for 96 years, but it's. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, seriously, Maggie, 95 and a half years. I can't believe you've relived every single episode. No, more than that. We had never seen it. We'd only seen premieres and finales. We had never really watched the show when it aired. Maggie, did you? Mag, tell the truth. Did you? I I watched some of it. I probably watched all of the first season. Right. Um, because especially at the beginning of something, I feel like it's really important to know like what the tone of something is. And like, and I remember watching those first few episodes and being like, oh, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, okay. You know, like the music, and the, the, the way it was cut and everything else. It was like a whole thing. It was like super specific. So I watched the beginning and then I probably for a lot of seasons did what you did. Watched, I would tune in now and again. I watched the beginning and the end. But you, but you're, you were coming off because I had watched Mad Men, right? So watched, you were, I watched all of season seven, the one I wasn't in. I'll say oh, that. did you? Did oh, yeah. you? I was going to ask you that. That's crazy. Yeah. You watched the whole thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I gotta, I gotta see my friends. I gotta see what happens. <laughs> I gotta see where the fuck this goes. Oh, uh, we fucking miss, we miss you, girl. We miss oh, you yeah, so much. Perlman I mean, is a whole different thing. And we'll, and we'll get to that. But but I want to talk about. So wait, you were doing Mad Men, which I remember, obviously, right as Mad Men was ending, you did this. It was kind of like one to the other, right? Yeah. Yes. Mad Men was like, I, I want to say it was like airing when we shot the pilot or or it had just aired. So I did one. I think season that's right. I think that's right, Matt. Mad Men. And it was just a one season role. And uh, so then I was auditioning. And before the show had really hit the airwaves, I got the job with doing Sons. And um, yeah, so we were sort of filming the first season while Mad Men was kind of becoming a thing, which was super weird. Did you have to do like chemistry reads and all that stuff? Did you have to do the whole bit? Uh, For Sons? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I came in and with Charlie. We had a whole like, you know, old school in some auditorium on the Fox lot. No shit. All the executives and Kurt and yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't just like a chemistry read for Kurt. It was like, it was like, you know, I was basically doing a test, you know, it was my test audition and it was for like that room full of executives, which was super strange. (laughs) It wasn't for a camera. It was for, it was for a room full of people. Yeah. Just so weird. I used to do those for like when you, you never, do you have a test for pilots for sitcoms and like nobody laughs and it's like, 
they say if they laugh, you're not getting it. I used to do that. I never, I never tested for a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> no, neither did I. Wasn't on my to do list. Oh man, it's so weird. They don't it, like they're all sitting there. They're right there, and then you're doing these jokes, but they don't laugh at all. And like you can't be impacted by that because if they do laugh, apparently that means like you're not getting it. And it was oh, like, Jesus oh, Christ. And it's like this is not normal. So wait, so you did the chemistry reading for Kurt because we all did, well, Kim came on later. Kim came after yeah. the pilot, so that's a whole nother different thing. Kim wasn't in the original pilot. Kim and Ron weren't in the original pilot. You remember? Scott well, Glenn. I know, Ron, I know Scott Glenn was, but I'd, I'd forgotten that you weren't in the original pilot. No, Emilio played the TIG role. Emilio, Emilio was the sergeant at arms, and we had Scott Glenn who played Clay. You yeah. guys shot the pilot. Yeah. Three months go by. I get my call on the golf course that they go, oh, they're going to reshoot it. They're going to spend $1.5 reshooting. They had to recast the sergeant at arms part, and they got a new Clay. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And so Maggie, you, you must the remember. The reason I didn't know this was because I didn't do any, I didn't have any work with any of you. Right. People, <laughs> you know, for that pilot. Yeah. So I we probably, didn't even, I probably didn't even know that you weren't in the original pilot. Anyway. I anyway. actually only, I could tell you, you and I over the years, now that I'm watching it, cause we're in, we're, what episode are we on Kim? We're about to do. The final episode of season six, oh, where Her Highness, who's right there, that beautiful. Yeah, there she is. <laughs> We're about to do that one next week. And that's why we we clawed, we fought, we found you, Maggie. And you just said, yes, please. Can we come on? Can I come on this this show that you're doing? So that's why yeah, we're so happy. So. So, Mag, I want to I want to say something because I'm going to say it because it was so I, I'm telling you now that I'm watching this and I'm and, and you can be embarrassed or you can be whatever. You are my favorite actor on the show by far. And I'm going to tell you why. Let me tell you why before you before you say it. your character takes this incredible journey of like there's so many things that happen that I didn't know. <laughs> and you just said something in an episode we watched that I keep highlighting. You said like, look what you've done to me to yeah. Jax. Mm -hmm. And it was like the most heartbreaking line ever. I'd ever heard because the character had been totally wrecked. And here's Kim and I with our heads up our ass the last few years thinking like he had this stuff with his daughter, which was so horrible. Juice had all this horrible stuff happened to him, which was so horrible. And we were walking around like these, th these bad things happened, but Tara had the worst stuff happen. What was your like mental state for like those six years? Holy shit. No doubt, Maggie. How was it? Uh, my mental state was fine. I mean, I, I, you know, I had a really good time working, but I have a really, you know, I, I'm able to let it go. Like when I leave set, yeah. I really, I really let it go. And, you know, the thing, the thing that's interesting is I, I still dream about the world sometimes because the world was so intense and like operatic, you know, and, uh, the stakes were always so high and, you know, everybody's emotions were all over the place and, you know, that was the job, but, you know, 
it was also just like a community of people who were having like a really good time. And the world is so far removed from like my world and my reality Yes, that, you know, you get out of the clothes and the boots and whatever, and you're cut, I guess, if you had one, and, <laughs> you know, you, you, I go home. I don't know. I, I, I had a, I had a really good, healthy time working on the show. It felt, you know, I think all of the emotional stuff for me was probably just cathartic, you know, more than it was traumatizing. I mean, yeah, because- in general, I don't know, you know, Kimmy, you come from the theater, but like when you do theater and you, you play out traumatic or hard things, you yeah. have to do it night after night after night after night. But I feel like on camera, you know, when you're telling these stories, you live it, you just live it, you know, and you live it once and then, and then it's over. I, I always felt, I always feel that way at least. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I know Theo will, will say the same thing, but Maggie, to actually have scenes with you, with Tara, as Tig, there were so few of them that I remember pretty much all of them. Yeah. I remember saddling up to you on the bike once when the parents were fighting and Ron <laughs> didn't take his fucking helmet off like an idiot. And he was so good in the scene, but he kept the helmet on. I kept going, you're going to take your helmet off, right? He goes, no, I'm going to leave my phone. And then you got to come and sit on the bike with me. And I just remember being saddled up to you going, I'm, I'm with Maggie fucking Sith. And I remember Theo and I, we, Charlie, we all saw you in New York. Uh, yeah, doing the we went to that round theater. Yeah, on yeah, 42nd, same theater that Brenna did the Wolves at. I'm telling you, it was just so uh, electric to watch your work. And Theo's not making this up, Sif. Your fucking work on this show is now that Theo and I are watching every show and actually talking about it. And I know nothing about this show. And yet I was in every fucking episode. <laughs> like, it's just been such a joy to watch your fucking arc on the show, Mac. Really. That's really sweet of you guys. Thank you. No, and it was, and again, it was such a, we were talking, you know, we always say it, right? We're super honest with everyone. It was a really tumultuous, strange time for us, right? Because it was like this weird thing of like, again, I guess it was on our side, right? Kim and I were always a bit of the outsiders because we were like, hey, it's a job. We're like coming and going. Like, it's like, we were just like, it's cool. We'll see you later. But it was like, you know, everybody was so ingrained and ingratiated into the world, right? In every way. And we always said it felt like there was a lot of discovery and growing up and things had changed. And it was, you know, for me, it was, there was a lot of fear. There was a fear-based reality that was on the show of like, you could be gone every day, week. You don't know. There's really no job security in there. Yeah. Yeah. So when you knew like what is coming up, you know, and then we'll get back to the scenes together. Cause you and I just had one where you ran over my motorcycle. I was watching that one. funny so funny you get all angry and you ran over my motorcycle and then we have this scene in the hospital and they had a very significant relationship taryn juice because like she cared about him you would say like you know there was this this thing where you knew that he was like this lost soul and at the same time when you were spinning out of control it was like you didn't care and i was there and then to be there at what's coming up at the end i never i'll never forget that night of filming that but how when we got there to that how much heads up did you know before the season were you like cool were you just like oh cool this is Um, over (laughs) we did a first read through of season six and kurt was like um let's go have a conversation wow and i said okay 
And we went into him. I was like, what are you killing me off of something? Like I was very good. And he was like, well, darling. And I was like, you're killing me off. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Oh my God. Um, but he, so he told me at the beginning of the season. So I knew, I knew, you know, at the top of, of season six. six. Yeah. Were you surprised? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I think I was a I think I was a little surprised. I, you know, I don't know why I was surprised given the fact that I always knew the character was Ophelia and that it doesn't really end well for anyone. No. Right. No. You know? Uh so, you know, cuz Kurt had always talked about it being Hamlet and Ophelia But then but then Opie, but then Opie shouldn't have died. Right. He was, he was the Horatio we thought of the piece, and Horatio's the only guy who lives at the end. So, Mag, Maggie, you're right. The whole Hamlet uh, analogy is true, but then Sutter went off that path the whole way right yeah. to the end. And I, I had a feeling that you weren't going to make it to the end as Tara, but we were still fucking shocked. Shocked. When, when we knew you were actually, like, you weren't going to be coming to set anymore. And this is going to be so sad for everyone to watch. That's why this show, Maggie, honestly, now that Theo and I are watching it all, I'm, I get it now. Why people, with all the violence, with all the this and the that, the music, the acting, it's so fucking good yeah. to watch. Anyway. I, 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 maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll go back and watch it. <laughs> it's hard. I think the violence was also sometimes hard for me, like to, to watch the, the cuts yes. where things like that happen. Like I remember watching, cause it was a premiere watching the one where your daughter gets yes. burned alive and being yeah. like, Ooh, this is, ah, you know, like some of it, some of it was, was hard for me to, to really like, uh, watch. And, and I also think I was well cast because of that. Like, you know, the part of me that was sort of uneasy with that piece of the world really sunk up with the part of yeah. the character that was uneasy with that piece of the world. Yeah. So I, I could always I could always play that tension, you know, in my in myself in the but world. Then, but then the sad reality is Tara starts to get easier with the world. It starts oh, yeah. to come easier. I mean, there's that stuff that I, I would have to harken back in my mind. I don't remember when, but when the girls tied up in the wheelchair, Kim, you you were in those scenes, right? Oh, season that, three. Yeah, at the guy's house. Stephen, Stephen King came and oh, yeah. and I, yeah. I go, I leave you girls alone for like three minutes. And now you've got a chick all bound up and almost dead. And now, and now she is dead. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And then you kill her, right? Somebody kills her. Somebody kills her. Yeah, the girls do. The yeah. girls kill her. Yeah. Yeah. And then Stephen King has to come and like liquidate yeah. or something off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cleaner. The cleaner. Yeah. I know. No, it was, it was bad. But at the same time, like as a character arc, so interesting to play, you know, and and like I remember in season four, when whenever my hand got crashed, Oof, it was hard to watch. Four. Yeah, that was four. I remember talking to um, Kurt about it and him being like, so, you know, this is where this is where she turns. This is where. Tara really like, you know, it's going to impact her ability to be a doctor. And, you know, so this is where like, you really see her character sort of twist. Wow. And I was like, Oh, 
Oh, okay. Okay. I was like, I can do this. Like, you know, then I knew that the arc would be really interesting for the next however long, you know? Um, And I was excited about the fact that that was happening. So, you know, even though it was like a dark turn for the character and I was always so like squeamish around the violence, the, the character work was interesting. Super interesting. I look back now and I talk to Kim about it. Like I say, it's the closest we'll ever be to being rock stars because like we were all together and like, you know, we'd go to lunch on our motorcycles and like we'd go and people would see us or we'd go to comic cons, like all of us together. And it was like, we had this different thing from other shows where people are just Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, it's like those guys. Right. And some of them, I don't think have ever left the character. They still look like it. The other, (laughs) (laughs) but that's a whole nother story. But the thing is, did you feel like, I guess, because him and I talk about a lot, did you feel like when things changed, like just being you in your personal life, being out and like seeing the world change in your life? I don't feel, see, I don't feel like I ever had exactly the same experience that you guys had of being, you know, you were like, you were like the pack, you were like the rock stars on the bikes with leather and stuff like that. And I, I never really... I, I don't think I ever really felt that same kind of lift or something. I remember like at the first read through walking in and like looking around at everybody. And I remember talking to Booney and I remember going home and singing to my husband. One of these things is not. <laughs> <laughs> No fucking way. That is so great. I'm just being like, wow, okay. Like this is this is gonna be great. This is gonna be so interesting, but I'm like different, you know? (laughs) And um anyway, you know, so I I don't know. I I feel like see, Theo, unlike you, I was a little bit older going into it. I had just we're the same age. All right. Well, I had just met my husband and I, you know, like we, for me, like weirdly the, the years of doing that show were like where my life got stable. Like my life got super. There you go. There you go. Domestic. We bought a house, you know, the last season of the show I'm pregnant. Like I had, you know, I had my child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like, everything that was happening in the world and on set was tumultuous. Yep. But my, my inner life, my private life was like getting super calm and domesticated and like stable kind of for the first time in my. Yeah. And you were, you, I've always, I think the two people that I was so in awe of, obviously Kim and I gravitated towards each other because we had a partial part of this, right? There was just so far we can be, removed because we were part of, like you said, the pack, right? But you and Jimmy, especially at the end, Jimmy Smith's, right? We're like part of it, but kind of removed from it, right? Where where it was like, they're here, but they're kind of not here, right? And it was so amazing and everybody would hang out and we would do our thing. And it was like, it's like the Paul Newman thing between action and cut, I'm all yours. And then after that, it's like, see you later, right? I got to do my thing. And that was always, like you just said, your life was in a different time, right? Kim came in when the engines were blazing and it was like, let's just catch up. And I was there. My character had been changed three times. I didn't know I was a guest star. I didn't know if I was going to last on the show. I didn't know. And I was, I was in the craziest time of my life. I was, even though we were the same age, 
I was very young because I didn't start acting until I was 24. So it was like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have a semblance of like, I'd never been on a show that yeah. more than a recurring character. Yeah. So I didn't even know, I didn't know how this worked. I didn't know. I didn't think we were going to run more than a year. I thought, oh, it'll be cool. And then it'll get canceled. Yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like eight years of your life. Yeah. And you're closer than you ever are with these people. And you kind of grow up and go like, so while you were doing what I did right at the end of the show, that's when I, I got married and, started, you know, Megan was pregnant season seven, right? So season end of season six. So it was like kind of just, I just missed it in a way. Yeah. So those first few were so hectic and Kim had been experienced enough to go, Hey guys, I've seen this before. I'm going to step back from this. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and, and, uh, I think that's what made it so unique of, of the show was that we had all these different characters and it really is lightning in a bottle. There's nothing, you can't really do that again, you know, cause my show right after that was, I, I've always said, I was like a, like a bit of like a pound puppy when I was there, when we were doing the show in Brooklyn, the, the Netflix show, because I was so like on edge all the time. And they were like, Hey, what's going on here? Where did you just come from? And I was like, Oh, it's just, you know, how many years did you do that show? It was, uh, we got can't Netflix, Disney bought Marvel right before season three. So it was like, it was, it was, it was only two seasons, but it was like four years. Cause we had off a year between every season. So yeah. it was really odd that yeah. we had that schedule. So it was like, I was with it for four years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's why I lived in New York for those four years, but it was, it was a different, it had, I had to be reminded since then. And it's never been, I've never had an experience like Sons after that. Yeah. Like when I say tumultuous, which you didn't experience was there was a level of fear, right? And it started with where it was, if you didn't toe the line a certain way, or if you weren't, whatever, you get killed off. Yeah. Or if you did, you know, if you were out of step, you get killed off. Yeah. And that was pretty, that was very, we we're all very honest about that. That was the the thing. And Kim has said multiple times that, right, Kim, they wanted to kill you off in what season, like five or something? After after the death of my daughter, Rachel Minor, brilliant in that scene, after that whole thing. And then Opie was the first, like, large character. I know we lost, you know, we lost Prospect. Obviously, we lost William Lucking, not to take anything away from those boys. But Opie was the first massive right. what? Yeah. And right after Opie was going to be take. Really? Tig and Opie, yeah, Tig and Opie were both going to be killed in season five. Sutter wanted to slay two of the golden geese right away. Just get it on, just get going and get the story going. And uh, yeah, Landgraf stepped in and said, you're not, you're not, you're not killing Tig. Well, you, you can do it, but you're not killing that character. So mm -hmm. that's how, and then he really didn't have much. I shouldn't, I'm not complaining, but he didn't have much to write for Tig in those final two seasons. I had Walton Goggins, obviously, and Venus, and I became this moral compass of the club, and I was so happy I was there. But your character, Maggie, your character of Tara, where she's going right now in the reviews that Theo and I are doing, Oof. it's so explosive. It's so fucking hard to watch you and Charlie. Now, let's just talk about this for a minute, if we may. You and Hunnam. I mean, come on, girl. Like, share... Share some stuff about you and Charlie, because you had more with him than anyone on that show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Charlie was like, I mean, it was, I, I had more stuff with him and Katie. I mean, they were the people that I worked with. Yes. Yeah. And, 
I don't know. Like I said, you know, that time in my life was the beginning of like my marriage and this like great stability. Uh, but we were having this like, you know, it's just playing out like a really interesting love story. And I just loved him. I mean, loved working with him. Yeah. And I think we both really loved exploring that kind of relationship that's kind of like yeah. first love, true love, only love thing. And um, yeah, you know, it was, I, I think for him, I always felt like the scenes that we had allowed him to sort of like cool, cool off from yeah. all of the boyy boy. Yeah. You know, two totally different actors. The, it was like yeah. literally watching two different people. Yeah, like, you know, all of his sensitivity would just get to, like, come back online and he could sort of relax yeah. a little bit. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, I loved I loved being there for that, you know. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, with Katie, it was always this sort of, like, fluctuation between, like, mother-daughter, you know, rival, sparring partner, partner in crime. Like, which mm -hmm. was it going to be? And it was always it was always changing and, and, and that was, that was really fun as well, but they were really like my only two. Well, then you had Drea, you had Dre, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you had my MVP of watching, which I never would have thought if I didn't watch the show was Margaret. She was so good. You guys were so good. Yeah, she is. She was really good. She was such a good straight you know, straight person <laughs> the world. It was so good to have the people like that who could really like bounce up against the world and be like, blah, 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 you know. <laughs> yeah. And when she gets, when you guys get kidnapped and she has this big giant tattoo on her back, like this is all stuff I didn't know when I'm watching. And I was like, this is fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's, go ahead. You're blowing that guy away in the tub and there's blood everywhere. And Margaret's kind of a hoodie guy, hoodie gal. And then, you know, she just wants out and she's lying for you. My God. <laughs> Kurt Sutter, you crazy, crazy boy. It was so, crazy. So you knew, you knew what was going to happen at the end of season six, but you didn't know like the nuance of it. Right. So you're getting these scripts. Like we are like kind of three days before you're shooting them and you're reading them going, holy shit. Like I got to do what in this? I'm doing this. Is that right, Meg? Right. right? Oh so, yeah. I mean, I think I knew, I think I knew that Katie was going to kill me. I think I knew that. I think I maybe knew a couple of big plot points. Right. But for the most part, no, it was just getting the scripts as we as we got them. Yeah, because the last thing we see of you is you're you're going to sleep with like the gun next to you. Or yeah. some or no, this was the one. The last one was you're packing up the car and you got the kids. You're in the hotel. Yeah, you're in the hotel with the gun next to you. We were just talking about those kids the other day. They got to be like 15 now or 14. Which is <laughs> <laughs> crazy. All 25 of them. I mean, we had a lot of kids. Yeah, we got a lot of kids. You had a lot of kids, a lot of babies, a lot of young boys. Yeah. A lot of babies, a lot of babies. <laughs> and you always had to work be with there. kids. Didn't want to be there. I mean, yeah, no, I always had to work with the kids. A lot of them didn't want to be there. A lot of them were not happy set children, if I remember correctly. And uh, I remember, you remember Adam, the prop handler? Of, yeah. yeah, Cooters. Cooters. Adam Cooters. He was so funny. Adam and Brando, yeah, the two of them. When I came on set on se in, during season seven with my baby, with Lucy, and he saw me with her, he was like, look at how good you are with your own children. 
as if to say how terrible I had been with these other babies throughout the years. But I wasn't. No, they were so unhappy babies. <laughs> they were unhappy children. <laughs> and they were Look, unhappy. You, you can you, do it. You can do it. He was so happy to see me. I love cooters. But here's the good thing that came from that. You always work during the day. We would work in the middle of the night, yeah. fratter days and all these crazy things. And the kids can only work during the day. Yeah. Covered in dust out in the desert and oh. your bike rides. You know. It'd be like four in the morning. Kim is like completely gone. Delirious. Uh, me, me, me and Tommy are just trying to stay awake and have another cigarette. Like, what are we doing? Oh, my God. No, Maggie. And I remember those those upfronts in New York. And as the show started getting, as Theo said, bigger and bigger and crazier, we would go to that bowling alley. Lucky Strike. Remember that? Yeah. And we would go to that bowling alley and you and Katie and Charlie and Theo and me and Boone, Ryan, Perlman, we'd all walk in. And I just remember, and all the other FX and Fox shows were there. Yeah. Everybody stopped what they were doing. And they, there was just something about that show, our show, with yeah. all with you and Katie there right at the front of the pack. Everybody stopped because they couldn't believe we were there. It was just nuts. Yeah. Nuts. And then the whole Team Tara, Team Gemma thing was so weird to me, right? Because people were like, I'm like, do you realize? And now I can confirm it. Do you realize like Gemma's like the worst character ever on TV? Like she's a horrible person. And Tara's trying to be so nice. I was like, what are they talking about? You know, I'm one of the... I'm not, I'm not a social media person. I never have been. I wasn't then and I'm not now. And, you know, probably Team Tara, Team Gemma is a good, is a good example of why not to be a social media person. <laughs> because, I mean, I know there was, I know there was hate for Tara, uh, you know, and, and love, you know, I certainly got a lot of people, you know, who, who, but the, the weird way that people would either identify with the character or, despise the character I, I found right. I found very odd I mean yeah. I, I found it odd you know we're, we're 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 telling a story this is just a woman who's trying to like figure out her life and do the right thing and you know wants her husband to not be a criminal and then gets I mean I don't know like what's so what's so wrong about Tara but uh yeah I don't. Yeah. And I, I never really knew how to totally make sense of it. Like if it was like, it's like, oh, do you identify with the bad girl or do you identify with the good girl? But then like the good girl is sliding into the bad girl. And you know what I mean? Like, it, I, I don't know. It, it no, was- no. I, I, I remember yeah. that. I remember once where people like it was so awesome when Gemma hit this girl with the skateboard in the face. And I was like, what's is that what, wait, we're cheering for that? Is that? And then for me, it was the same thing with juice where people like, it would like affect them that he was like turning or ratting or whatever. And I'll never forget when I thought maybe I wasn't well equipped for this is Kim and I were in Arizona. Remember Kim, we were doing one of those bike things. Never forget it. And they were letting the people drink during the day. And we had thousands of people online and Kim was in one part of the dealership and I was in another part. We had so many people there. They wouldn't let us stay together. So I was in yeah. one part of the massive hall. Theo was on the other. We went, see you, honey. I don't know and what I'm going to see. And then go and ahead. It's an, yeah. it's an open carry state. And, you know, so a lot of the guys on the line were drinking and yet you can see their guns. And I was like, all right, all right, what's going on here? <laughs> and then one of the guys who was like 15 people back was like, 
you fucking rat juice you fucking rat and i'm like no no it's theo what is he talking about he doesn't he's confused he's confused i shouldn't laugh but it's so fucking funny because i was like i need to go to i'm gonna take a break i'm gonna take a bath and break pause the line and i was like i think there's a guy and i can see a six shooter and he's really fucking angry at juice and i'm not juice and this is like and and that's you know yeah. I mean, it reminds me also of that whole Breaking Bad thing where um, the woman, uh, what was her, uh, the actress who played Skylar? Um, I've never seen it. Anna Gunn. Yeah. She, she, she wrote an op-ed at some point about how the fans were like horribly nasty to her and about her. Oh, no. Towards the end of the show where, you know, she was turning on him and it was sort of like, you know, uh, the identification with the antihero and the and the violence and um, sort of like 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 leaning into that um, for her, you know, she talked about it through the lens of like misogyny, basically, like, mm. you know, it gave people an opportunity to sort of like lean into like this, these uglier aspects of themselves and their Jesus attitudes Christ. towards women and stuff like that. But I, I think some of our fandom you know, there, there was a lot of that. There was this sort of like wanting to lean into the violence and the, the, I don't know, the dark side, you know, like just wanting to be able to celebrate the dark side and not deal with the rest and, and sort of, you know, isn't and that kind of what art does? Yeah. that's what art does for people, right? They lean into these aspects. That's not them, right. That duplicity right. that they can't, or they repress this thing and they live it out vicariously through Right. Isn't that weird? In a way? And, and not only is it weird and, and sadly true, but our show was on every Tuesday night. And then you'd have to wait a week before the next one. And then when we were done showing it, they'd have to wait 10 months Six before months. they could see another one. Ten so months. you know what that does? That lets people talk, talk talk oh my god and calling and the the water you know the water cooler moments that they would have about tara and tig and, and juice and everybody and it just it's it's like they got frothy in the mouth they just couldn't <laughs> couldn't wait to talk about all the shit that went down on sons of anarchy and yeah. ooh, i mean you know i guess when i think about tara and and why a fandom would decide i don't like her you know it's sort of like or juice becoming a rat or, or, or whatever. It's like, um, you know, the part of you that the, the part that a character who, you know, they can perceive as sort of turning their nose up at, you know, something, what am I trying to say? It's like, it's like, it gets, it gets extrapolated. So even though the story is about life and death and like, of course you don't want a person hitting a person in the face with a skateboard, you know, it's sort of like, but, anybody who turns their nose up at that behavior is, you know, not in some ways, you know, not being sympathetic to the urge or the dark side or something, mm. you know, it's like, mm. I, I don't know. Um, like through story, people are trying to feel better about their own, their own darkness, you know, or, or um, their own rebellion or um, I mean, I, I always also thought of the show as attracting a lot of like, um, you know, outsider types, you know, rock and roll types, fuck the man types, you know, it's like yeah. really value yeah. their role as, as an outsider. Right. And so then the people who are rats or people like Tara who are trying to decide if it's a bad life, like they become symbols of, you know, societal constriction or morality. Great point. 
you know. Right. And what's wild is that the the largest demographic of the show is women, was women. That was the largest uh, audience member. And I also think that it's, I think it's also like you said about the antihero, which really started with the Sopranos and Oz and the Wild, really, where we started putting the shield, where we started putting that up, is I think no matter what Jax did, for example, and now that Kim and I are watching this, I mean, horrible, like, you know, headbutting women, spitting in their face, like killing multiple, you know, double digits of people. It's up to 1,723 yeah. people. No, I'm like, kidding. But. Not spending ah. time with his children, like just like all these horrible things, but he's the hero in their eyes. He's our Hamlet, man. He's our he's Hamlet. Hamlet yeah. Right. And they, and no matter what, you know, so you'll hear people on the defense of like the Gemma thing where it's like, but she just cared about her family. And I'm like, man, well, I care about my family too. When I'm not doing, you know, but, but it's like, again, I think everybody's looking for like strength and everybody wants to say what they want to say. Right. And we don't get to do that in the current, you know, dichotomy of the world that we exist in. Right. You, so, so they found the outlet through these. And when they see someone being rational, AKA Tara, maybe Juice being having a rational bit of behavior. They go, oh, I don't Fuck know. Off. Not in this world. Not I get that in my regular world. Not in this world. I need it to be irrational yeah. and crazy. Irrational. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And tribal. I mean, that's the other thing. It's just like, I mean, don't you, I mean, you worked with all those um, veterans and stuff. Yeah. I remember when those seals came to visit us on set and they were just yeah. like, they were like, this show speaks to us so intensely, like the the brotherhood. The brotherhood, yeah. You know, the sort of like it's us against them, you know, that 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 us against them thing is yeah. is thing in the show that was so so powerful for people. So you're either with your you're either with us or you're against us. It's like it's very black and white and it's very like you know do or yeah. die. And it's like Gemma said, like Gemma's, Gemma would always say, you're not going to take my family away. And I'm like sitting there going, wait, she's talking to Tara. That's Tara's family. What is she talking about? But And people go, yeah, she's not going to take the family away. And I'm like, no. So people would identify with that, like you just said, right? J- not even just the veterans, anybody that, because everybody ultimately, I believe, as human beings, we're looking for like a home, right? A, 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 a group that we can identify with in a way. And I think that people identified with the outlaw nature of the sons doing what they wanted to do when they did it and everything that came with that. Right. Mm-hmm. And they had all different personalities. They can, they could uh, dive in with, right. Opie was the quiet, somber one who maybe had his head on his shoulders, but yet would do this. And mm-hmm. William Lucking was more of the, uh, you know, the wise man. And, and speaking of, you had a lot of scenes with, tiny and we were just saying because we just lost you know big yeah. bill recently uh i didn't know that yeah bill passed bill yeah passed. oh it was, it was sudden it was really sad yeah really just sudden I mean, he was i don't know how old he was do you remember kim uh, late 70s i think like almost 80 maybe like right up there I only had Kim, you had scenes with him. I only had like one or two where it was just him and I, right? And you uh, I, I I will never forget as I won't forget your scenes with you too, Maggie. But Bill Lucking, I, I insisted on being like when Juno comes on this show, Theo's beautiful yeah. girl dog. When Juno comes, that's what I was like around Bill. Tig was always, I had my arm around him. I was pulling at his oxygen thing. I would kiss him in the ear and he would get so pissed off, but he would let me do it. 
Mm-hmm. And I just, that was my relationship with that guy. I just, I found him fascinating as this big redwood tree, you know? Yeah. I always remember him climbing out of his little clown car, like all that man getting out of this like teeny little car. <laughs> With his bad hips and his bad legs. I said, and we, we oh. referenced that many times when he would pull up, it was like, he was wearing it like a backpack. Like he was like a transformer. <laughs> he would be like, is the car coming with him? Is he going to pick it up and put it in like his trailer? Cause he was so yeah. monstrous, but you had, you had some deep scenes with him where it was like, you're relying on him. And he was kind of that compass of like, yeah. where is she going to go? And then you got real fortunate because after him, it became unser until he kind of turned on you in the last one we just watched. So you had to deal with Dayton. I know. Who I just love more than life itself. And he's just, those are two guys. Yeah. We just saw Dayton, Maggie and me. And he's, he's older and crankier and funnier and still doing it. And his hair's down to here. Now we had him on, few yeah. months ago and it was just so good to see him and i there's went none up here there's no hair up here but it's yeah. all down here yeah. so yeah. it's a hat and hair yeah. down here yeah. yeah i mean I, I both of those characters and actors you know they're they're both just guys who've been around the block you know in 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 their careers and in their world and their life experience i mean i have to say i it's probably the thing i loved most about working on the show is like how um how many like deep character actors there were, you know? Yeah, baby. Yeah. About hiring people who have these big life experiences and these big unique perspectives. And and both of those guys were are examples of of that. You know, you're just like the lives that they both lived, you know, were big, you know, big, hard living, you know suffering and enduring a lot of shit, you know, in the industry, but also outside of the industry. And then, you know, being able to bring all of that to like every word that they say, you know, like every word out of their mouths. Right. You know, I feel that about Dayton too. Like whenever I watch him work, I'm just like that guy. It's like, doesn't matter what he says. It's just like, it's so, it's always so true. It's always so deep and, and reflective of like, you know, this big life he's had. Yeah, nothing's wasted. Fucking A. Nothing's wasted. And the one thing that I appreciate, especially now watching the show, and I, and the funny thing is when you think about it, it's what I appreciated when I was first there, what you said. When we first got everyone around, you'd look around and go, oh, my goodness, not just the faces and the character actor and the and the thing, but the the life, the the everything's radiating. It's like Tommy, right? Like Chibs, like when he talks, there's something just so in it and shout, you know, big Wendy O'Brien and Kurt to put that together. Yeah. To do that, to see that. And then, you know, to bring in others like that, the Jimmy's right. The Dreas, like we said, the other people who are coming in and you go, that's, you don't really see that a lot. You know, you don't really see a bunch of people around who have just been the best person in every scene they've been in before this, mm-hmm. you know, but they're not the star of that, but they're the best person in the scene, you know, in every time, because their words are so honest, like you say. Yeah. And I think that that's what made that show so successful. I think it's what made Soprano so successful. I think it's what made Mad Men so successful is 
that's the formula if you're going to do it right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a really good point, Theo, where Wendy O'Brien, who cast the show, and Sutter and Linson, when they put us all together, they they literally threw a bunch of dice in the cup and they threw it out and they were, we're going to go all in. On this craggy face, on the boonies, on the on the on on Perlman. Look at Perlman's Perlman. face. Like, come on, that one looks a, like a, that. Like a, a face that only a mother can love, and me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean. Think about that, Maggie. Look at the people we had. Yes, there was some beauty in there for sure, but we were all, as you just said, you and I came from the theater. Perlman came from the theater. There's character actors galore in all of us, and there was only one real biker. And that was DL. DL lived the real life, which was completely different than our world of living bikers. Yeah. They drink a lot more beer and they have a lot more fun and they don't kill as many people. So let's get that out of the way right now. But Sutter knew exactly, in my humble opinion, he knew what this show could do to people's psyche if we have skateboards in the face. If we have a turn in Terra the way we did, if we start losing massive characters, it will never be forgotten. And that's exactly where we're at with this show. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very strange. <clears throat> I hope one day you do go back and watch it because I got to tell you where it felt like in the beginning, I was like, I don't know. Right. And then when Kim and I finished the first season, I remember him and I offline. I was like, I get it. This show is really fucking. <laughs> I get it like, now. I get it now. Why yeah. people spaz out when they see you and like they're so excited and they know every little thing. And I go, I get it. And then when I found myself where I'm at now, you know, they they call you know Kim Honest Harry and me Salty Sal. I get so salty when I watch it because I'm so mad of like <laughs> the things that are happening. I'm like, why would they? Like, what are they doing here? Why are they not? Clay just died. Like, why is no one talking about that? And it's yeah. like, you know, you go through these things. So I know when next week comes or whenever we watch this, you know, with the filming schedule and all that. I mean, I remember that night. I remember reading it. And I remember reading oh, it and going like, God. like turning the page and being like, what the fuck? A fork? And what? Maggie, and then, do you remember that read through that we had? It was so brutal. Yeah. Wasn't a dry eye in the house. Yeah. We were all fucking balling at the end of that read through. Katie could barely even talk. Yeah, I know. The whole thing, that whole f- and filming it and then having to come back and film it again. Do you remember that? Yeah. No. What yeah. do you mean? Why? Do tell the story. Tell. I know. Uh, why? Well, well, we had like a day to film the whole thing, which was mm-hmm. like the fight, the killing, Charlie, you coming in. Yep. The whole killing thing. Roosevelt. I had to kill Roosevelt. Then right. Charlie had to stay with you. It was like, there was, it was not, it was not going to be possible. It was, it was, and, and we spent so much time choreographing. Like it was a big, it was a big thing to film because, you know, there was, there was a stunt, there were stunt doubles, but Katie and I, you know, we learned the fight and we, we pretty much executed it, I think, really well. So it's like very technical, you know, um, and then they have to film it and then they have to film it with the stunt doubles. And then I just feel like by the time we got around to filming Charlie, uh, he just he needed he needed to come back. He just couldn't we just couldn't get it all that day. Um, and I think he wanted another crack at it, if I remember correctly. Does that sound mm-hmm. right? Theo? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So yeah. so then there was another day of filming 
Wow. During which time I was just a corpse on the floor. Yeah. So, <laughs> really? so, okay. Still covered in blood. And I have I have pictures on my iPhone from that day where I'm just like taking selfies of myself covered in blood. <laughs> Me too. I did the same thing when Juice died. I have all the little like the lines coming up from all the blood they were pumping out of my neck. And it's like me just living there doing this with my phone the whole time. Yeah. But I remember being really quiet on the stage. It was super cold. It was cold, yeah. It was really cold. And I just remember I, for me, I had to listen from outside the door to you guys fighting because I'm coming in at the end. So I was listening and never seen. I didn't have a monitor. I would just hear it. And I remember thinking like, this is a fucking monumental moment on this show. No doubt. And I'm right outside. I'm the only other actor there. You know, Rockman was there, whatever, to come in later. But they didn't even call him because I got to come right in as it happened. So he was still in his, you know, Winnebago. And it's just me. And I was like, this is so fucking weird. Because I'm hearing you guys do your thing. And then I come in right on it. And it was just really peculiar because Juice was so not the person to do that but this was where they were going to do that unholy alliance of like them two where Mm -hmm. she corrupts this other person Mm -hmm. and i just remember you guys doing that fight again i couldn't see any of it i kept putting headphones in so i didn't have to hear it because i was like i I need that element of surprise of like what did i Mm -hmm. just walk into and uh but the way it turned out i say this and i know it's going to be reassured To me, it's the best episode of the show. I don't think we had one after that that was close to it. And I think because the OP scene gets referenced a lot of really throwing people back on their heels of like, what the fuck just happened? Mm -hmm. I think this was more of like, wait, wait a second. And then for it to end that season, which Sons did so masterfully of Jax and you in his arms. No. You got 10 months. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the hardest thing for me that day was, was, was lying there with Charlie. I mean, that was, that was awful. It was truly awful. You know, like all the, like getting killed and the stunting and, you know, the, the adrenaline of all of that and, and the technicality of all of that, you know, it's like a very technical thing. And then, you know, and then it's, but then it's done, right? Like then, like, then I'm not acting anymore. I'm playing dead, uh, but I have to be there for somebody who's doing something very, very, very difficult with me. Yeah. I can't do anything. And I think also after all those years of being the person who would sort of like catch, you know, Jax or Charlie and be there with them to not be able to like, open my eyes and like be there with him you know but just have to be not there be there but not there and my not there-ness be the thing that he's playing with was really it was really painful it's really hard uh yeah it's really sad it's really sad I'm so glad you shared that, Meg. Oh, my God. And it is. It's such a tragic. tragic. It's a tragic show. I mean, the show is. I mean, Hamlet, right? It's tragic, but it's so. There's no real upshots here. And we did a lot more comedy. Like Kim and I say, there was a lot more comedic elements early in the show that we would do. And it kind of started to go away at the end. 
because I think it it almost like enveloped itself in the darkness that it created. You couldn't yeah. really. Yeah, and the comedy and the comedy that they would fly in there just was uncalled for. It didn't work. Yeah, it was uncalled <laughs> for. But you had, little, you had a little Jackie blowing his little horn. No. It no. got heavy. I mean, it got so heavy at the so end. Oh, heavy, man! All of seven. All of seven was heavy too. Heavy. Really heavy. Heavy. But I, yeah, you know, and the, I don't know, just talking about it, like to to feel their their like love story end was really sad. You know, that was just like because I mean, I and I don't. I don't want to give myself more credit than I or the character is. Give yourself doing. all the credit. Oh, please do, Maggie. <laughs> but I think one of the reasons why people could love Jax was because you saw this other side of him. You know, one of the reasons why he was allowed to be the hero that he was was because you knew he had this this person and this way that he could be that was love and loving and tender and righteous, right? And, you know to see that part of his life go away to see that person go away it's like well you know it was i don't know i i i you know outside of the character you know uh i found that upsetting i mean i found it upsetting as the character and then as the actor playing the character and then as the actor who's also friends with charlie yeah, a lot of upsetting going on there like it's <laughs> like very upsetting to like be with charlie trying to be you know all of it like um yeah it's like a lot of layers and we're family you know and we're family and this character is dying and i'm going away and it's like so many things all at the same time do you remember how kurt directed you maggie do you remember because he always directed the last episode of every season i'm just wondering if you remember anything as the creator what he said to you or maybe not so long ago. I mean, I, I know that whenever he directed, I was always quite happy about it because I felt like he yeah. um, he always knew when to say something and when not to say something. And, you know, you, you were never trying to get inside his head to understand what his intention was. He, he was always there to explain it, which which was something that, you know, throughout the years, I would sometimes feel frustrated with where I would be like, I wish yeah. Kurt was here so I could really understand what this is. Yeah. So, you know, cause sometimes his writing could be a little elliptical or, you know, um, so I don't really remember. I remember more. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember yeah. specific direction, but awesome. I remember always, always <clears throat> liking it. And I remember being glad that he was directing that episode. Yeah. I felt like when he was directing, it was more definitive, especially on that day. I do remember that. It was like, I didn't have to go, wait a second. Do you even know what happened in season three, episode two? Like that didn't, that's not matching the tone of this. Right. Cause that's what would happen with a lot of guest directors, right. <clears throat> Which is probably why I love writer directors because they're the source. Right. And that could, where that can be bad is that they are the source, right? So there isn't much room for movement, but with him, it was very definitive. And what he was saying, this was his vision that we were following and this is what it was going to be. And then we were just putting our spin in it. So you did feel more of like, got it, got it. Just tell me what to do where we would question others more where they might just be trying to get a cool shot or they might just be trying to move. Right. Or you'd be like, I want to do it this way. I hope, I hope Kurt likes that because he was very, you know, he was a micromanager. Like he, if he didn't like something, you know, you did it, you did, you came back and did it another day, yep. um, you know, and uh, you know, 
especially with all of those like really intense scenes you wanted those beats to be to be right um oh my god that that beat where katie is throwing the roast beef on the table with all of us there we did that over two more days we had to do that ending two more times like it just wasn't right until they we did it you looked at it and you put it in until sutter was finally right with his editors uh, who was directing that do you remember i do it was uh paul Maybon. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. Who, yeah, and he didn't really direct after that, I don't think. He did one more. One more, right? Yeah. 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 And and again, there's the issue with like, right? And now as we do, as TV has become more like, you know, my last show was seven episodes, right? You could have two directors, right? It was it was originally eight. They cut it to seven. They made the first episode bigger, but it's two directors who did four each. So right. it's different you're you're dealing with less of like this guest director coming in trying to really make a name for themselves in the thing and i think like you said especially about kurt who would every word because i remember times where if you didn't do it maybe or if you did take a chance that didn't work you when you go to the adr when you go to adr the camera's just not on you and then it would be like say it like this but the camera's on the other person it's not maggie season two i think where we're, we go to prison we're all in orange it was 120 degrees and my shoes were getting caught on the tarmac of the asphalt and i was inside it was a complete shit show but we had so much fun because theo who was a, we were going to you know throw him in with that guy and yeah. have a little yeah we're gonna have a little fun with little juicy pants yeah. we ad-libbed an entire show and that entire show was on the editing room floor. Mm-hmm. We thought we were being the funniest motherfuckers and every single line Edited. did not make it. Didn't no. make it. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't that show. That wasn't the show. That wasn't me. the show. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And Kurt was, you know, Kurt was always pretty clear about that. It's like the words are the words on this, the words yeah. are the words on the page. But, you know, if he was directing and you wanted to try a different word, or he was on set and you wanted to try a different word, he would let you, you know, it was just kind of like, that's one of the reasons why it was always good when he was there is because people had actually would end up having a little bit more of the freedom that I Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I think you guys had a lot more and I can only, if I, if we were in court and I was trying this, I would say exhibit A is the blooper reel. The blooper reel is basically you and Katie and we're not on any, any of it. Really? (laughs) None. No, we have a little bit, maybe you know, a little, but you and Katie with the guns and the purses and the door and the keys and shit that would happen in the car. It's so fucking funny. And <laughs> have, you, have you watched it, Maggie? Have you seen some of those blooper reels? I've seen I mean, a long time ago, I remember seeing them at the yeah. parties and stuff. I do remember. Yeah. I remember the blooper reel with the guns and the purses. <laughs> you guys had more fun. You guys had more fun. You were allowed to have more fun. We were not allowed. We were yeah. we were held to it. So, so fun a lot. I mean, I always imagined I always imagined that you guys were like having the real, the real, the real experience of the show. You know, I always sort of imagined that I was kind of like off in my own little corner and that but like the, the the lifeblood of the show was was with you guys. I mean, it's where the drama was, it's where like, you know, I mean the onset drama. It's you know, there was like oh, yeah. more Oh yeah. This is like a really like there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears going on over there. And uh, uh, I didn't exactly envy it. But a part of me was like, yeah, that's not that's not my life. No, yet. Maggie, you've no idea. Theo came up with the word. Well, we both did. But jackals. 
We called us the jackals because if we were around that fucking table in chapel and one guy could not get a line out, you were fucked for the remainder of the takes. <laughs> Everyone would make fun of you. We would laugh. We would, when the guy it was his turn, me half the time, guys would turn their faces around so that they weren't looking at me to try and get the fucking line out. We were jackaled out. But I will say this fuck, were we close? I mean, we, Theo said this, we went for dinners. Happy ending that bar in LA became the SOA bar. Everyone was there. Hopefully, we pull up on our bikes and we never stopped that life during the show. That for sure. That's so sweet. Yeah. And and again, and and now having the the little four and six year old boys, and I see the way they are like, just they love each other and then they beat each other up and then they're just (laughs) telling this. And they're like, it's always like everything is the high stakes or like, I'm like, this is so irrelevant. Right. And, and I look at them sometimes and I go, Oh, that was us. Yeah, That was us. It was like a bunch of four and six year olds. You know, you couldn't, if you messed up, they would be like, he did this. And it was just, (laughs) but yet we were these 40, 50, 30 year olds. And just, you know, people would ask me what it was like to be on set with all of you guys. I would say it's like having a big pack of brothers. And it was like, like older, you know, older brothers who were like, you know, going to like, tease and poke and cajole but protect and look out oh uh, we protected you darling oh. we you were we so excited when you were there like when you would come in it would be like uh, it was just so exciting we were like God, oh. maggie's working today yeah. yes a sense of normalcy like all right <laughs> let's like let's do some acting here <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here for but i listen i you know me i mean I'm team Tara all the way. I've always have been, especially now I am like, I fly that flag to everybody who watches this. And I have just now, again, we're going into this finale. I have enjoyed your work on this probably more than I've enjoyed anything I've watched. It's been unbelievable to watch the, the layers and the, and the, the care you took with every single thing you did with it. So you know, and, I, and if, might, I, if I can yeah. add to that, Theo, because we've read all the scripts for those seven years, we've read them. But to see it, to actually see the work on film and see your eyes and your emotion and your stuff has been fucking so good. Maggie. It's yeah. you're so fucking good, girl. Well, so you guys are it was, you know. Working on that show with with you guys was such a joy, and I I only ever regretted that we didn't get to look into each other's eyes more, you yeah. know, and play and you know be together. And um, I don't know, I, yeah. Remember when we operated on uh, who were we opera? We were we were on. It was the uh, Irish uh, Jamie, the character Jamie. The Irish, yeah. That was that, that was our me, first man. scene together. Was I was first like, scene. It was, and you were going, "What's your name again?" Like you went, "Who?" I'm just <laughs> little Dutch boy. Yeah, you go, "Who's he?" And then he <laughs> says, "He he doesn't get a lot of praise because you said doing." And I remember again, I was so lost as Theo and as the person trying to figure out who Juice was. I was in a diaper. I was this. I didn't know who I was, and it was like, "Okay, what's going to happen here?" And then it was just, I was just so happy to be there. And I remember that scene and that was our first one together. And again, I was fortunate where you and I had some other stuff throughout, yeah. Yeah. especially when we were both in these, you know, dark places. But again, 
it's never enough. Kim and I say it now. It's like Kim and I had stuff in the beginning with the Doberman and the crank. And it's like, but it was never, it was never enough. They never stuck with that. And I can't imagine how hard that was for him to, you're trying to write for 10, 11 leads. Yeah. And you're, you're trying to get it all together and, and keep it all together and who's getting killed off and who's leaving. So, but I, but I also look with that, yeah, that gang, you know, the, 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 the sons had to be, uh, it wasn't just portraying individuals. You had to portray individuals just enough and in relation to each other, just enough that you were aware of the whole, the pack, Mm -hmm. you know, the, like the body of you guys and the, the family of that was hard. It's a hard, it's a hard task writing wise, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it took a toll on a, a lot of people coming out of it. And now, however many years this is later to look back on it and to see how the landscape of everything has changed so dramatically, right? Television, Hollywood. What you, you know, can every, say, what you can't say. Or- yeah. Every, just what it's changed, the way people consume their entertainment, the way, whatever. And obviously we're in a time of retromania where everybody's kind of going back to what felt comfortable to them and what they remember caring about. Being care is a big thing right now. And I I just know that I get it now. I get it. I get it all. And watching you has been, you know, like I said, one of my favorite things. I'm looking forward to the next week. I'm going to be heartbroken. But just like I was from that line of what did you do to me? Broke my heart. And uh, it's. I'm going to be bawling like a fucking baby. I oh. know it already. I'm I'm playing this hillbilly character right now in the South. I yeah, got where an are you? going on. I can't even tell you where I am. I can't say, I can't tell you, but I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. No, it's, it's a very dark place for me. So I'm telling you right now, seeing that show, Thea, when we fucking review that final scene for Tara is going. Where are you, Kim? You don't even know what state are you in? I can't say. (laughs) I can't tell you. He might not even be on this planet. He's I'm in, in, I'm in America. Conference Room America, USA. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Conference Room America because his hotel Wi-Fi is god-awful. No, the so. Wi-Fi worked. I got no lights in here, though. Maggie, you look beautiful. Theo, you always yeah. look beautiful. Thank you two you. kids. Uh, you. Theo, your look is like, it's really good right yeah. now. Yeah, this is it. This is, it's the the, the hair. The, oh, the, the, it's going, guys. It's getting there. We're getting, I got to go back to Dad, El Paso. Do you, to shave, do you have to shave that middle part right no, now? No, that's real. That's <laughs> no, real. that's real. That's as good that's as it real. gets. That's it. That that I don't grow hair there. That is the <laughs> Middle Eastern trait that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then uh, the Syrian and Lebanese flying out of you right there. So. I feel like if you had that stash with the juice stripe. Oh, right, right. I wish I would have known. I, I didn't. I, mean, I wouldn't know because I had no eyebrows. I had no nothing. I was a nervous wreck back then. <laughs> no eyebrows. I was a mess. I was. He was a mess, Maggie. I was a mess on that show. Yeah. It was, you got your shit together in season three and four. Though. I got my shit together in season four. I did. Yeah. I definitely got my shit together. Season three, two, one, diaper, tig <laughs> juice. Tara was a, Tara was the beacon of light in that show at that point. So uh, I'm glad well, that we were able to do this. I thanks for taking the time. And I thank know you, we, Maggie. You're the best. Are you gonna get Are you gonna get Charlie to come on? Yeah, we're, uh, we're, 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 you know, uh, Ron, Charlie, Katie, you know, here's, here's the thing. And Kim and I are very honest about this with everyone. Everyone had a different experience with this show. Everyone. Right. 
And a lot of people uh, we've had, who's been on? Boone's been on. Well, we uh, wanted to save Maggie, Charlie, Ron, and Katie for the end. And that's yeah. what we're kind of doing. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of guys have been on. A lot of girls have been on. We had mm-hmm. Allie Walker on. We we yeah. had Unser. We've had Tommy a couple Boone, times. Twice. Boone. Yeah, Tom, Tom, we had Ryan. I mean, come on. We've had Kenny Johnson. I mean, yeah. that was crazy. And his car lifting weights. He was lifting weights in his car and talking. I mean, <laughs> he was the strongest guy I've ever known. He broke my neck. I mean, yeah. Yeah. we, and again, it's been great to see people look back because yeah, it's still go. so relevant in their life. Like, you know, people seem to bring it up all the time to people. Yeah. So to see them address it and to talk honestly about it and like how they felt and what it meant to them now, I think that we're far enough removed where they go. Yeah. Got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It all clicks now of what it was to them and their experience. Do you think the show, I don't know that the show could be made now. Anyway. Well, that's exactly right, Maggie. Yeah. No, uh, I don't think so. I mean, yes. Theo and I talk about that a lot. Yeah. I don't, not, not the show that we did. You can't do that show today. Yeah. No. It would and be it would, different. It would. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. I mean, there are, I, it's even too complicated to talk about, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It just, <laughs> just it's even it's too complicated to talk about. Yeah. Just try to take that apart. Yeah. Yeah. Just, the, just the, 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 the raising the stakes with the violence yeah. all the time. Yeah. Can do it. Can do it. They would, they wouldn't, I don't think that they would have the same unwavering, undying love for the characters that they had during it. Yeah. That's like, any, like, like anything that is a success, really, in this film and television world, it was the right time with the right people, with the right words, with the right story that it gravitated to so many people. Women, men, old, young, cops, uh, the, the military, lawyers, yeah. judges. My daughter was at UCLA, Kyla. Every Tuesday night, 64 kids on her floor yeah, would yeah. watch Sons of Anarchy. I mean, it just... Exploded. Yeah, but I guess that's that's the thing. If this show existed now, it would be very polarized. It wouldn't be able to pull in everybody from all yes. Yes. different yes, kind of stripes. Yeah. Be much more. And I remember actually, I remember Dominic Pagone during the first season saying to me, he was a FX. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we got to get Dom on the show. Yeah, I remember him saying, you know, what? I think it's going to have a niche following, and. Um, you know, and that was sort of the expectation for it. And I think that would be true now. I think yeah. it would be a very particular segment of the population that would tune in and enjoy, be able to enjoy the show. Uh, but he was wrong at that time. Like, yeah. you know, it, it it ended up attracting a very large and yeah. very broad spectrum of people, you know, like, yeah. I, I was most, always- Most shows are niche shows now and then some break through, right? Yeah. There, and this just happened to be one of that I can think of in the last 20 years, one of 15, 20 shows that broke through. Not a lot break through. They're niche shows. Doesn't mean they're not good. Yeah. They're niche shows. And then this, you know, the Sopranos, the Game of Thrones, the Breaking Bads, you know, they break through to where everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there was a point where people would say, if you see people on a motorcycle, they're like, Sons of Anarchy, huh? It kind of almost becomes like part of popular culture. Yeah. I got to show you something before we get off. Uh, my brother-in-law just sent me 
this photo the other day. Let me see. Talk so I can hear it. Bring the camera to you. To me. You can't see it? There you go. Now we do. <laughs> oh, my God. That's real. That's real. Real, man. That's real. Yeah. Did he organic buy he wine. He said He said it was very funky. Very funky and organic. Not bad. <laughs> what he said. That's not our, show. our show was not funky and organic. <laughs> no, it was definitely no. not organic. There was a lot of wine drunk. There was a lot of wine drunk. It was definitely funky at times. I got to <laughs> tell you, some of those guys were funky on the summers when we were shooting. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. It was so nice to see you, fellas. I miss you. We miss you too, Maggie. You're the best. Down the road, baby. Keep killing it on billions and everything you're doing. And we love you. And thanks for coming on, honey. Love you guys. Love you too. You're the best. Talk soon, baby. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. You know the deal. Theory Pod, hashtag Theory Pod, capital T H E O, small R Y, capital P O D. If we're talking Reaper reviews, it's the hashtag Reaper reviews with the double R. Go everywhere where the where this podcast is available, and go subscribe and follow Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, wherever. And uh, and then if you want to see the videos, go on to YouTube and subscribe to the page. We got some cool stuff coming. Um, like I always say. This life goes by in a blink, so stay up, stay awake, keep being the example, um, and let's keep making a difference, all right? All right. Hey, yo, shout out to my crew, the Theory Team, the team, okay? Starting with my incredible editor, Caroline Kawash to the incredible design skills of Cesar Arvello, to the other designer slash web slash everything, Justin Tordella. Go look them up. Go follow them. Go thank them. They're an incredible team, and I wouldn't be even remotely able to do a second of this without them. So shout out to the entire Theory team, uh, or as we say in New York, big up. Um, incredible people, incredible humans, and I'm fortunate and proud to have them.